Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome back to the 2019 edition of Start Your Engines. It's great to be back. It is great to be back. And uh, we have a nice crew this year. Same crew as last year, except better. Except better. Except better. Ronnie Black pushing the buttons in his bright orange Clemson track and field uh, shirt over there. That's why I bought him an orange Powerade to (laughs) keep him well... uh, Lubricated in his mouth. And, That'll work. Uh, and, uh, of course, the man that makes the show go, Greg Moore. Greg, how you doing? Doing pretty good, you know. Yeah, I'm just glad to be back. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of dreary days, perked up, we've had some pretty good weather here lately. But, yeah, just, just being here with y'all and bracing season getting started up, and they've got some pretty major rule changes that. Uh, we will get into. We will get into. Well, the best change we haven't mentioned yet. I think it's the best change because we only be on we're the air gonna, about a minute. <laughs> but we're gonna be on the air for two hours. Two every Saturday. hours. It gives us a lot more time to cover some ground, and we don't have to rush through things. And I don't have to throw away reams of paper that I didn't get to <laughs> didn't get to look at. But uh, now, looking a few months ahead, when when it does roll around the college football season, we will have a little bit of our time curtailed. But that's a long way off. We got a lot of racing before then. Well, actually, um, from what I understand, we could still have some with uh, some Presbyterian basketball or uh, maybe some South Carolina basketball. We also do Duke basketball here, yeah. and uh, then we got Gamecock baseball and whatever else uh, Clary's going to call. So uh, we, we might get cut off at eleven thirty sometimes, but let's. Call Call it uh, two hours from 10 to 12 every week, and um, hope everybody will join us in. And we also have one new member to our crew, which I was alluding to earlier, and that's Alan Hill. And Alan is going to come in here um, anytime he wants to, but we've, sure. we've set aside from... Uh, 11.20 to 11.40 is going to be, um, and then he can have as much time as he needs, but he's going to address uh, what's going on locally, like at Cherokee Speedway, and uh, where he is a car owner and builder and, um, and and wins very frequently. And he knows what's going on locally he and, knows, and regionally. Yeah, he does, and he's going to keep us up to breast, uh, up, up to date on all of that, abreast of everything that's going on. And um, it's just great to be back. What'd you do? During the holidays, I didn't see you, but once I think I know. Well, I, I did a lot of family time. I did a, a lot of Burns time with basketball, uh, wrestling. Who'd you wrestle? All comers, <laughs> <laughs> from parts unknown. No, but it, everything's winding down in that that situation now, and it's time to. Get ready to race. It's time to race. Greg, what'd you do? I saw you about every week, though, so I kind of know what you did, but uh, well, how was your holidays? Holiday and everything uh, went good. I had the misfortune of tripping over my own two feet. It kind of set me back with some of my medical problems. Well, well, I, I did some of that, too. Well, that's what he gets for trying to walk home from Willie Taco. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I didn't quite make it to the sidewalk, so I 
And I know people had said, look, said that crazy son of a gun. I had to look cute half of me up on the sidewalk, half out in the middle of the highway. That's a rough one to be out on, too. And, Greg, you're like me. You're getting the age. I don't fall as well as I used to. I don't I don't either. And I hit my knees, skimped myself up. But I got up and I made it to the house. It's only .6 miles. And, you know, walking's good exercise. Not but, the way you do it. But not the way I do it. That, that. <laughs> not that way, anyway. But, uh, it, like I say, the end of my toe caught one little crack in the where the bridge goes over, or, or wherever that part is. Yeah, it is a bridge, because they got, a, they got to where the train runs under. Yeah, I was, I was afraid you were going to tell me you uh, were trying to lift yourself up on the side of the bridge and, and almost went over on the tracks. That would be I, that'd be tough to get hit by a train walking home from Willie well, Taco. And it's pretty pretty long ways down to the track. But uh, That's correct. Yeah, I've been, I've been mending from that, and uh, everything went good around Christmas. You know, it's always... Strange, you know, with Daddy not being here, but uh, yeah, uh, like I say, I'm ready to start seeing some races and see what some of these changes are doing, and see what a Mustang's going to do for Ford. And uh, it's done a lot for me and you lately. It has, y'all, folks. These guys have just each picked up a new car in the last few weeks. Yeah, that's uh, right. Brand new Mustangs, and they are awesome. Well, I had to because some drunk driver, some drunk driver coming through uh, Gaffney at five o'clock on the really a dark day in my life, January seventh, nineteen. Uh, I mean, two thousand and nineteen. Because uh, after I finally drove my battered wreck home, I had to watch the national championship football game. And that was just a, that was just a tough day, and uh, I wanted to get this out of the way early. Congratulations to Clemson. Uh, Fans, not to Clemson itself, but just to their fans, because a lot of them are my good friends, and it made them happy, and that's that's good. That's good that my friends are happy. I'm happy. I know you look happy. That's so, a nice way of putting that. That's, I like I like the way you said that. <laughs> at, I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> How am I going to word this? But uh, so anyway, um, I had a really good. Uh, other than that, I had a really good holiday with my family and my. Son in the Marine Corps coming home, and Hannah was up for a month from Carolina. I, when I went down there, they didn't give you a month off for Christmas, but um, she was here for quite a while and a uh, very nice holiday. So you're right, we're ready to get back to business. And already, already lining up guests. Well, we did. We, uh, I took on a monumental task one Saturday afternoon and got all of Greg's business cards and scraps of paper that he had in his wallet and his coat. I mean, it filled up one of those big gallon um, baggies. Ba- baggies, you know, with a Ziploc. And so I, I d- went through those one at a time, and I mean, it, it was fascinating. He had one card with uh, the phone numbers for Junie Donlevy, Dan Gurney, and who was the other one? But they were all three no longer with us. I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say, did you have to pick out all the dead ones? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, with Buddy Baker. And, and there were a lot of them there. So um, we have a nice list of, uh, I don't know, 60 or 70 people to choose from for to come on the air with. And with two hours, we got a lot of time to do it. Well, yeah, and it simplifies things. I was just surprised Perry could read my handwriting. Because, I couldn't. <laughs> because it's about like hieroglyphics or something. I mean, something you can know by about two people can, moral can read 
with my lovely left hand. Then I'm the other one because I, I usually can read it. But uh, and we're going to start out today with a a blockbuster guest who actually we ended with last year and started with last year, and that's Mike Helton, the CEO and vice president of NASCAR. Who uh, I mean, I like to say he's the biggest name you can get, not named France. Well, the bottom line is uh, when NASCAR had kind of a shakeup, an unfortunate uh, bump in the road with some personnel uh, last year about midseason. Basically, what's going on now is Jim France, who was uh, France Jr.'s brother. Uh, Jim always was a pretty big part of it anyway. But basically, Jim France and Mike Helton are calling the shots now. And I, from what we saw toward the end of last year, they're doing some things right, you know. So uh, I think it's a good it's a good team. Uh, way they're doing it, they they've replaced a lot of people. I've heard different rumors. Some people said that they let forty people go, and then some other they rearrange people or whatever. But but you're finding that in everywhere. Yeah, downsizing. Uh, downsizing or just uh, cutting loose uh, the driftwood. You know? Right. There's just people that don't do enough or somebody else can do a couple of jobs. And it's, if you're one of the ones that got cut loose, you know, it's not good for you. And if, you, yeah. if you're talented, you'll land someplace else. But, uh, I mean, uh, if, you know, you read about that every day, some bank or some... My bank especially. In fact, they may be cutting a lot of people after uh, what happened at Wells Fargo this week. But, um, uh, you, you know, that happens in NASCAR. It happened in uh, all forms of motor racing and Formula One. And it's just, you know, you got more talented people. You don't need as many of the obviously less talented ones. So you got to do that. If it's downsizing, if that's the way you want to put it, then, then that's the way it is. Yeah. And that that's another thing that... Uh, a lot of the race teams, uh, I think they're seeing that they've gone a little overkill with some of their uh, number of employees doing so many things. And some of these guys are cutting back. Of course, some of them got cut out altogether. <laughs> I want to remember, I want to mention a new member of our team that's um, uh, Alan Hill. Uh, I'm going to get into more of um, his background. I, I mentioned him earlier, but. He has a lot of uh, Winston Cup experience um, and knows a lot of people that can address the fact that, uh, you know, they're, I mean, you've got, this is not an accurate number probably, but, you know, you got like five or ten guys that work on shocks and you got a bunch of guys that work on something else. And just, there's just so many people there on a lot of these race teams, and I, I think Alan can address that, as a, you can too. I mean, how many people do you have in the shop at the most, Greg? At the very most, and this was about 90, somewhere between 93 and 95. This was Budmore Engineering. And we had approximately 20 full-time people. Yeah. But that was just, matter of fact, that didn't even last too long. We normally kept about... 17 full-time and five part-time. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Greg, uh, we, uh, 
it, it, it's just so many people that they have involved in, in this thing now that uh, it's only natural that they're going to cut back. And, and, you know, some racing teams even had to fold up. So we're going to get into all those changes. Got one one thing we want to do in this last minute before we go to break. Go. Roll, our, our favorite caller, Roll Tide Terry, wants to say something. All right, go. Hey. I discovered something other day while I was looking through my album. Did y'all know that NASCAR, Mr. Pearson, Mr. Yarborough, Mr. Allison, and Mr. Petty done a record? Oh, yeah. I remember it. Buddy Baker was in on it. Tiny Lund was in on it. They, I vaguely remember something. It like was it. back in the 70s, some NASCAR rocks or something like that. Roll Tide, we got to cut to a break right now. If you got a copy of it, maybe we could uh, transcribe some of it and, and, and play it on the air sometime. That would be cool. Well, that's what I would about to say. I'll come down one Saturday and let y'all see it. We'd love to do that. That now, sounds great. Uh, it, now, we don't have a record player. I hope you got it on something we can hear it with. Well, we'll try to figure out something. <laughs> we got a, we we got a whole season to figure it out. But That's right, and I'm glad. I am so glad y'all are back. Well, we're back, and we we're, appreciate it. Twice as good as we used to be, or, or twice as long. I don't know if we're twice as good. Well, that's yet to be determined. Thanks for calling in, Roll Tide, and we are going to, uh, we got to go right now. We'll talk to you later. Next time, call in the middle of the 20 minutes and not at the end of it, and we can talk to you longer. You're listening to Fox. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg at the Beacon Drive-In Studios. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't flat tie. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, flat tie. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Rises up and stuffs it down. The honor. And the Blue Devils reach down and slap the floor. Here come the Blue Devils. The brotherhood. This is Duke basketball. Follow the Blue Devils all season long on your home for Duke basketball. Duke and Spartanburg Zone, Zion Williamson, right here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013.
Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironsburg Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironsburg Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors, mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Our new app is ready to roll. Listen to us live and more by downloading it today. Search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it is my great pleasure to again be able to announce our first guest of the year and also our last guest of last year. Right. But it's such a pleasure and privilege to have on Vice Chairman of NASCAR, Mike Helton. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, man. Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Absolutely it is. <laughs> I don't know when the statute of limitations run off of saying <laughs> Happy New Year's, but I, it still, still feels like the beginning to me, doesn't it? Well, it's the first show of the season for us so it is happy new yeah. year i, I started out by saying welcome to the 2019 edition and uh uh it's great to have you on and, and i guess it is happy new year for you because things are really popping down at daytona right now they are it's uh, uh it's always fun this time of year down here to see the the rigs roll in and all of the, the new paint schemes and the new chemistry unfolding uh, you know we had the 24-hour race here three weeks ago and had the arca cars out for a couple of days but the cup guys are getting ready to get on the racetrack today and that means we've officially started our season too well i hope um i hope we can do a little bit we- uh, better on the weather than we had for the 24 hours because that uh actually went like uh what 23 hours uh yeah, fifty nine uh, or fifty minutes or something like that. That was a, a tough yeah. finish for a great race. It, it, well, Saturday was beautiful. It was. And it was a great start, but about six o'clock on Sunday morning, when Mother Nature moved in on us, um, and it just got progressively tougher and tougher for the cars not to uh, hydroplane, and then so it finally had to call it a little bit short. But it was a great weekend, and uh, hopefully. You know, we'll see how Mother Nature does through the next 10 days, but uh, that's a big part of what we do, and we're very grateful when she gives us a chance to do our racing stuff. Well, everything that you've got down there uh, this year, uh, I was going to say the 24 hours, uh, it wasn't always 24 hours. I remember when it was the the Continental or something like that, but this is the uh, the 50th anniversary of, of everything. Well, it's the 50th season for IMSA. Uh, uh, but the um, but I mean the and, Daytona uh, 500 the, was 1959 the, as well, and uh, the, the, the Daytona 500 um, uh, when Lee Petty well, won it. it, yeah. But the, uh, the, the all the Speed Weeks activity has been going on for some time here in Daytona, and, and um, I'm just excited to see race cars back in town and hear them on the racetrack. Well, uh, technically, I mean they called it Speed Weeks. Uh, on the beach. I mean, they called it Speed Weeks, right. you know, back in the, I, I think even maybe when uh, Sir Malcolm Campbell was running up and down the beach. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's yeah, been Daytona Speed Weeks for a long time. <laughs> actually, I think there was a Speed Weeks before there were a NASCAR. Yes, yeah, that is. Well, yeah, and, and what was cool, uh, it got to where uh, drawing so many people, 
uh, like I say, uh, Sir Malcolm Camel and with a couple other guys, basically, was running the beach and making it into Bonneville. And uh, France and the people, you know, put some turns in it, and you run run through some sand and some turns, a little bit of pavement, and then you went down 1A, which is part of the road, and made a very nice road course and some pretty exciting races. If you go back and look at films and stuff, those guys were... Some of them was in convertibles, and they were they were getting on with it. But uh, but uh, Mike, what is the outlook as far as the new bodies? I mean, uh, obviously, you know, we got the Mustang that, that's coming in. Um, I didn't know if any kind of auxiliary testing was done on some of these yeah. cars because they're pretty much significantly different, but. Uh, yeah, and there was there was a there was a good deal of development period for Ford and the Mustang, uh, or the Ford teams with the Mustang body, and and we did a lot of that last year, kind of behind the scenes, and uh, we've been uh, officially on the track together. We've been out, we were in Vegas uh, early part of last week, had about fourteen teams out there, including the Ford guys and the. We've had the Mustang over in the Xfinity garage for a while, but when they were unloading the cars in the cup garage yesterday and that Mustang rolled out of the back of the Wood Brothers and the Penske's and the, the Stuart Haas's and everything, that's a that's a that's a good looking race car and anxious to see what it does on the cup side. Yeah, that's that's exciting to hear about. Yeah. Me and Perry we uh, we, we went and purchased two new ones two weeks ago. Well, and we excited about hours. <laughs> we won't. We might, go, we might drive one of them to a race, but I don't think. We'll, well, I think yours will probably outrun mine. I just got the little four cylinder turbo. Yeah, but you but, got a turbo. Yeah, but anyway, Mike, uh, the cars themselves, though, you, there's been some changes made to those, if I understand it correctly. Have um, I think the, the, is not the spoiler higher, and they've uh, they've uh, done some duct work around the front ends to make them. Uh, uh, Pass easier, I think, to take a, a, I don't know, I think that would, should probably affect the side drafting, and, and of course, you've reduced the horsepower. Yeah. Well, we're, we're constantly, and, you know, from day one, uh, once you put, somebody told me one time that Henry Ford, I think, said that the first race was when the second car was built, and so. That's correct. It, <laughs> it's, it, we've, we've learned, and I, in my career, I've learned that every, day there's an advance on what racers will do with their equipment and you know greg knows that from his dad's experience that they were tweakers and and every 15 minutes they were looking at a better way of doing things so we nascar obviously has to keep up with that and have throughout our history and the latest version of the tweaking that we've done is is on the 19 intermediate package um is to reduce the horsepower on the motors to 550, which is still a lot of horsepower. It is, uh, and then and then tweak the aero package a little bit to where there are ducts on the nose of the car. Uh, the spoiler heights are different, um, and it it kind of was an evolution. It's not the identical package that we used in the All Star race last May, but it's it's a it's a version of that and a version of the package that we used at some of the Xfinity races to try to see what that would do to enhance the the performance on the racetrack. And we've we for a long time have been fighting the 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 advantage that the car up front gets on the rest of the field and 
So a lot of our actions are taken to try to balance all that out to give each each race car an opportunity to to, to race against each other. And, and this is the intermediate package that we'll use in 2019. And, and we'll start seeing it unfold in Atlanta and Vegas and Phoenix and see how that works out. But uh, the, the test in Las Vegas with the, this arrow package on it uh, was, was very interesting to watch. I wasn't out there, but I saw video from it. And the guys that were out there sent me information that, that speaks to the fact that it looks like it's going to make the intermediate racetracks, the mile and halves and such, uh, a lot more interesting to watch. Yeah, I tell you, Mike, uh, I know y'all done a, uh, I guess it was back at Talladega, uh, put a, put the cars in more of a, a, a downforce situation, and it seemed to make the race a lot closer. And, and you're, you're right, it just, uh, even in the old days, it seemed like once you got out front, you could go because uh, you weren't picking up the push that the other cars had called no downforce. So, uh, but yeah, it, uh, I like the idea of of, of less of a of leaving some, leaving some good good horsepower there and having the car with more downforce than what you normally would at Daytona, and it'll yeah. make for better racing at all the speedways. Yeah, one of one of the things that we kind of evolved to, and the, the the I just I'm always amazed and impressed with the uh, crew chiefs and the mechanics and and all the people that work on race cars have been in my whole stretch of being a fan of this sport. Just watching the, the just the ingenuity that these people have, and we kind of got to a point where the arrow was so prominent that the race car drivers really weren't race car drivers as much as as the car was the car and and what we're trying to do is put the put our form of racing back in the hands of the race car drivers and let the drivers be um uh, what puts the show on and and i think i've been i'm anxious to see how this works out mike exactly what was done to the the engine to uh reduce the horsepower by 200 we use the same um we, we use the same part that we use in the Xfinity uh, garage all year last year that, that goes up underneath, the, in, the, in the Xfinity case, it goes up underneath the carburetor in the cup case, it goes up under the EFI to just limit the manifold space. Okay. Uh, uh, basically, there's no, there no more restrictor plate. No more restrictor plate. That was always no more restrictor plate. A, 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 right. That was always a, a bad word. It was. It was a term that nobody liked to hear. Yeah, and uh, but it did serve a purpose, and something had to yeah. be done to slow them down, and it succeeded that. But uh, with the fuel injection and stuff they got now, uh, it's it's doing it the way they're doing it. It 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 doesn't. The motor runs smooth. In, in other words, it's not like yeah. the driver backside of the gas, and then. Uh, the air gets all jumbled up. It stays constant, and it makes for a for a driving uh, a very drivable motor. Mike, yeah. Mike, a couple of things I want to touch on before we have to let you go, and we really appreciate you coming on. We're talking with Mike Helton from NASCAR, the vice chairman, and um, it, one thing that I, I get asked a lot of times um, is: there any significant chance of getting another manufacturer in anytime soon? Well, we hope so. Uh, there's always uh, conversations with different 
OEMs that 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 have an interest in getting into NASCAR. That's a process. I mean, it the conversation is the first step of it, but there's a lot of stuff that has to go in between. And um, I think some of the steps that were taken in across the board from from Barca to K and N to Xfinity trucks and everything are all in an effort to make being in the sport a reasonable venture to the car owners, the truck owners, and to the OEMs. And and I think the steps that were taken has the automobile industry paying attention to uh, our form of motorsports in a fashion that we have a lot more dialogue going on now than we may have had four or five years ago. So I'm, I'm pretty anxious to see how all that turns out. But it's too early to it's too early to claim a serious conversation. But but uh, it is promising. That's that's great to hear. Uh, I know it sounds like I'm jumping around a lot here, but I want to try to tackle a couple of these things. Um, there, there's going to be a new rule in place now that uh, a driver can have a win taken away from him, which I know there's been people that, drivers or teams that won races, but they found some significant problem, but they kept the race. They might have lost points or, or whatever, but they kept the win. But um, now you can even lose the win. Yeah. So so for a long time, we, we always felt like when race fans left the racetrack after the race was over with and they saw the person that was celebrating and being in victory lane, that that was, that was significant. And, and so we would figure out how to manage whatever violation come after the race around that principle. Uh, in today's world, with digital social media and the immediacy of finding news and, and what's going on just instantaneously, and... The fact that that it's it's fairly common in motorsports for a, a driver or a car that has an issue from victory lane to be uh, disallowed the win, and so we've chosen in 2019 to apply that to our national series events to where if there is an issue and and the other thing that we've done and Grant will remember the days when we would do all the post inspection at the racetrack after the race was over with we're going to, go to we're going to go back to that step so the finality of the the event even if there is an issue can be determined um, that evening uh, as opposed to make it wait until Tuesday or Wednesday so I remember one time I went to a race in Atlanta. It must have been about 77 or 76, someplace in there. And it was the, I think, well, I don't know which one it was, but it was, um, I think Donnie Allison won the race in a, in a Hawaiian <laughs> Tropic car. And by the time I got home, it was uh, Dave Marcus with the K&K Insurance Dodge was the winner. <laughs> yeah, that was a timing and scoring issue, actually. I think I remember that same weekend. And uh, that was a, a timing and scoring uh, issue that had to get resolved post race, but uh, there was an era in NASCAR when if you you if you went to victory lane and then something wasn't right with your hardware, uh, that the win was taken away. And in but we went through that era that that we felt like well maybe we leave it alone and figure out something else. But now we're back to and uh, being being true to motorsports is that if you know if the, the if the winner's not right then he's not the winner. Not, not uh, right, and all right. of those, all those accolades go to the second place or whoever's the first right car. Mike, we got a couple of minutes left. Let me ask you about one more thing, and that is uh, opening up the garage area to the fans, which seems like a, 
It might be great for the fans, but, I, I, you know, I, I, a lot of people walking around while they're working on the race cars and things. How How is that going to work, and how close is that to being reality? Well, we, we have to manage that the interaction. We've always had to manage the interaction between fans and our our form of motorsports, and, and, and I think we have a reputation of being very accessible in our our teams and drivers and, and uh, our locker room being uh, accessible to fans. And, and we progressively tried to turn that up as we've gotten more sophisticated in managing that flow of traffic around the, around the, 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 the garage itself. And, it, and it's important to be able to do that. But as we get better at managing that, then we, we try to keep opening that process up to where more and more fans have the opportunity to walk through our garage areas and what we call our locker room. And you don't have that access to, to the other professional sports like you do in, in motorsports and particularly in NASCAR. And we, 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 that's a big part of our DNA that we try to continue to grow and advance on. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. You get us off to such a great start and a great finish every year. And uh, we appreciate your friendship to the show. And with Greg and with Ronnie and I, we just uh, can't thank you enough for being a part of Start Your Engines. Well, I, I always enjoy it. That You know, there's in, in my 40 years in this sport, I've, I've run across a couple of traditions that I've always enjoyed. But Spartanburg and, and your audience, as you've gotten bigger uh, through the years, is, is a true diehard NASCAR fans and, and I just really enjoy being a fan of the sport but I enjoy having the opportunity to communicate with the fans and you give give us that ability so thank you for that well thank you Mike uh, and we're going to try to get you back home b- besides just starting and finishing this year oh don't scare him <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have uh, you guys have a great year and the timing just right our first cars are just got on the racetrack that, that sounds great thank you so much Mike <laughs> Helton for coming on the show with us all right, guys. Thank you. That's Mike Helton, the vice chairman of NASCAR. They don't come any nicer or any bigger. And uh, we're going to take a break and come back with Nelson Crozier, and he's going to tell us about those cars that are just hitting the track. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this and you want it to sound like this There's the pass to Leitner Puts it up Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems and so much more So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway You dream it, we build it It's football season, which means it's time for tailgates To make your tailgate number one you need to visit Game Day Barbecue in Duncan Game Day Barbecue has all your favorites including pulled pork, smokehouse chicken, ribs and brisket Match any of those with their eight homemade sides like mac and cheese and potato salad, and you have a winning team. Game Day Barbecue, 165 West Main Street in Duncan, open from 10.30 a.m. till 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. So stop in for lunch or dinner or give them a call at 864-249-6787 to cater your event or tailgate. Game Day Barbecue, we do things the old-fashioned way. 
Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like French fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the memories. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Janie Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Janie's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott sets the bar high. He provides superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janie's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is the home of the Garnet and Black. This is Gamecock Basketball. 4-3, yes. Oh, they are feeling it. It's the game winner just before the buzzer. That's the high-flying action all season long. Offensive rebound and a slam. Left side, yes. Catches and crushes. An amazing comeback. And you can put spurs on this one. Right here on your home for South Carolina basketball, the Gamecock IMG Sports Network. This is Derek Scott, the voice of the Gamecocks, and you're listening to Spartanburg's home for South Carolina sports. Fox Sports 1400, now on FM 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Welcome back to Start Your Engines. Nelson, you are trackside this week, are you not? Yes, I am. Uh, it was nice and sunny this morning. Now there's a pretty heavy overcast and a, a pretty good wind. Uh, we just had Mike Helton on as you were uh, phoning in. So uh, he said the first cars are just uh, taken to the track. Uh, they are uh, all 16 class cars have now been on the track. Uh, with the 21 car of Menard, the fastest. Okay, and, and, and what would those speeds be since the, I mean, we, we've got less horsepower and, and different, a different package and and actually with the Mustang, a different car. How how, how are the speeds looking? Uh, 194, 581 for Menard, uh, followed by uh, 194, 544 for uh, uh Chase Elliott, uh, the three car, 194, 536, and uh, the 18 car right now is the slowest at 186. Well, I'm pretty sure they'll pick that up. That's uh, that's real slow. But so, but in general, now those are uh, speeds of just single cars out there, or is that drafting? No, uh, that's everybody on the track right now. So. Uh, that's pretty much drafting. Okay, so we're talking about maybe what a reduction we're looking at of between five and ten miles an hour. 
uh, you know, uh, off of what they're running now, I'd say they'll probably drop another two or three miles an hour, uh, those single car speed. Well, like I say, Nelson, it's always exciting to be down there and, uh, anytime you make some radical changes just to see what that thing's going to do. And, uh, you know, they got the things tweaked so good now they can, they, they get them a space like they're going to qualify so they're not getting any help. And, uh, we were even doing that a long time ago. But, uh, right. Well, right now they're all running in one big pack. Right. And, uh, but they pretty much got it. If, if not missing or you don't, they, the, the teams, the teams that run real good at Daytona seem like they do it right out of the box. Um, right. Well, uh, now that they're all running in a, uh, you know, a big pack, uh, 196.7. Okay. Well, I mean, there's, it's going on. It's up. getting on up there. And then this is just like the first few minutes. Now, we have, um, uh, Today is the Ark. I think I've got this written down here someplace, but the Arca race is later on today. Is that correct? Uh, right, about four thirty. Right, and then tomorrow is uh, qualifying for the Cup cars and the Clash about three o'clock. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, weather permitting. Weather permitting. Well, how? What? What's it looking like? You said it's it's gotten uh, cloudy, and I was telling Mike Helton we certainly don't need a repeat of how the twenty four hours finished. Uh, no, well, there's a chance of showers uh, later today, and uh, well, uh, we still got a good chance to get everything in. Mike, uh, I mean uh, Nelson, what, what do you think of these changes uh, with the? Um, if I'm not mistaken, they've raised the spoiler and they've they've put duct work uh, around the the engine compartment or around the, the front of the car to uh, affect the side drafting. Is is that really what the reason for that was? And right. make, well, make them run closer together. Yeah, go back to uh, you know the special race in Charlotte last May, uh, and they're pretty much the same rules that they've tweaked. Uh, now uh, next week. You know, uh, or two weeks in Atlanta. That's what we go to uh, all the new, uh, big new moves. Oh, okay. But the biggest thing right now is you know, uh, Chevrolet still has the Camaro, Ford uh, has the Mustang, and uh, and Toyota has the Supra. And right now we have uh, the six car. Uh, you know, Ryan Ryan Newman coming in. He was hitting the track pretty good. You know, bottoming out. Well, we've um, we've also had some changes in um, uh, not a couple of pretty significant ones, I would say, uh, as far as the driver changes. See if I've pretty much got this straight. With uh, Daniel Suarez went from uh, Gibbs to um, he took over Kurt Busch's ride with Stuart Haas in the number forty-one. Uh, Ryan Newman went from the number thirty-one at Childress to the six at Roush Fenway, which. Uh, was being shared by Kenseth and um, Trevor Bain last year. Kurt Busch went from the Stuart Haas number 41 to Chip Ganassi's number one that McMurray was driving. And um, Martin Truex, of course, his team folded the Furniture Road team, and he took Suarez's spot on the number 19 with Joe Gibbs. Is, is that pretty much the major ones? Uh, that's pretty much the major. And... Uh 
you know, for the class, Jamie McMurray, uh, uh, again, is in the car. He's in the number 40 car. Right, and I, I'm not familiar with that team. I saw the name of it, but I, I hadn't heard of it. Right. Uh, you know, that's Spire Motorsports. This is a one-off uh, shot for him, and I think that's what's going to be driving it uh, after this. Uh, but right now, as far as it's the fastest car. Okay, well, this is changing as we speak. Um, this is first-hand racetrack stuff. <laughs> this is this this is cool. We know and we we're relaying to our folks here in town how fast they're going, and and uh, as it happens with Nelson down there, uh, which I think that's that, this is really neat. Yeah, I'd say we're probably covering a lot more than just Spartanburg, though. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we, we, we but I know what you mean. But. Uh, well, Nelson, let me ask you this. Every other sport, that when you go into the beginning of a new season, they'll, they'll come out with a list of things that the, they will get to their officials that say points of emphasis this year. Like in football, it may be uh, headshots. Or in baseball, uh, pitchers throwing too far inside. Are there any points of emphasis that you know of that they're looking to crack down on this year? Well... Going through inspection, uh, you know, they're being very uh, careful to make sure all the cars meet the specs properly. Uh, there's a lot of bondo being applied. Uh, you know, 40, uh, the one car of Kurt Busch had a, probably five pounds of bondo on the right side where they uh, were having to change the belt line to uh, satisfy NASCAR. Uh, the number one car uh, was another one. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the 41 uh, was minor, but, uh, you know, just everybody's a little bit different uh, about what to check. But it doesn't seem that there are as many uh, cars doing body work as there are in years past. Nelson, I know another one of the rules we were just talking to Mike about, um, and I would think this would uh, be one that, I mean, you can speak to everything. It, there's nobody more knowledgeable in NASCAR or auto racing, period, than than you are. So, I mean, what do you think about the access that they're talking about giving to the the, um, the fans to the garage area? And I don't know if that's going to be like for an hour when nothing's really going on, or I hope it would be like that. Or, but you know, just to have fans strolling through your workplace that just, especially a race a racing uh, venue, that just seems kind of. I don't know. I know you want fans, but that seems like kind of a backward step to me. Right. Well, uh, you know, they have two kinds of uh, garage passes. They've got the hot pass and the cold pass. And an hour before the cars are hot on the track, uh, all the cold pass people have to leave the garage area. Uh, now, here at Daytona, uh, every garage store has a window in it where the fans can look in and see what's happening in the garage, and there's a little slide underneath the window where they can pass up the autograph if they can catch the attention of somebody on the team or the driver. Oh, so that's not going to be just like... See, it's been so long, actually, since I've been in a garage area. Uh, in fact, I quit going, I think, about the time they came out with a hot pass, which was... was um, when I was down in Homestead in the early 2000s. And, uh, you, you know, I, I just think of the garage area as more open. And, and I don't think they're all like that 
um, at the other tracks. Are they, you know, where they've got the glass that you can look through? I mean, I, I just envision... I just envision them opening up the the garage and and just letting Joe Fan and Jane Fan just just walk around and touch stuff and and that's that's the vision I get in my mind when they talk about opening up the garage area. Well, years ago when I, I first started uh, working with cup cars, uh, you know, you only got six garage passes, uh, you know, for the whole team. Now, you know, there might might not be many more people than that there, but. You know, it was a sparse uh, area in the garage. Nowadays, uh, you know, today's not bad. Tomorrow you're going to see the garage has a whole lot more people. The way the garage is laid out, uh, you know, if you're a spectator, you know, with a hot pass, you need to stay behind the other line back near the hallways. Uh, or you need to go up on the roof or you need to go down in between where the windows are. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's getting busy. There are a lot of people out there now because all the crews are waiting to the cars in, and you've got a lot of the spe- uh, spectators back toward the hallways. Well, Nelson, uh, obviously we got, uh, are they, they still calling it the Clash? Yes, it's still called the Clash. It's the 41st Annual Advanced Auto Parts Clash. Advanced Auto Parts. We were... We, Greg and I still call it the Bush Clash, but you know, I think that's probably <laughs> been going a while. Well, at least they put Clash back in it, and I always thought that was pretty neat. It, I didn't never did like the shootout or that kind of deal, but uh, and it's still for the previous it's still for the previous poll winners, right? And and the winners of the Clash, right? There were a total of twenty uh, cars in the Clash this Okay. Well, that sounds great, Nelson. I tell you what, Greg's right. You're giving us some information as it happens. I mean, you know, uh, live reporting, you can't beat it. And um, we thank you so much. Next week, uh, we'll both, all of us, be going after Ronnie to see if he can defend his title of uh, picking the winners. Well, even a blind squirrel eventually finds nuts. I was last. Yeah, well, we're all going to do better and catch Ronnie. But, Nelson, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on. And you be safe down there in Daytona. And we will talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. That's Nelson Crozier, the smartest man in racing. Wouldn't you agree with that, Ronnie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Smartest man I know, period. (laughs) That's about right. And about everybody in the garage area that knows anything will agree with us, too. Okay, he's something, he's something else. He is, and we're proud to have him. I put him up against any expert anywhere, and we're going to take a break right now from the Beacon Drive-In Studios and come back for the second hour. Yay! Yay! This is Fox Sports Spartanburg, 1400 AM, 98.3 FM. Something happened, and I'm not sure what. Well, we can uh, we can talk for a, we can talk for a minute, a couple more minutes until uh, top of the hour break. Is something supposed to happen automatically here? Uh, it will in a couple minutes, about five minutes. Oh well, 
We got a lot of time to we talk. We got a lot of time yeah, to talk. Yeah, we can talk. Well, I got some other stuff here. Um, I thought this was interesting. This was in the paper, or not the paper. This was online last week, and I didn't want to get into it with Mike because um, it's kind of not good news. But the International Speedway Corporation, which owns Chicago, Darlington, Kansas, Martinsville, Michigan, Phoenix, and Richmond, this is about the seats that they've redu- they've reduced their seating, you know. And we talk about the pro- problems that NASCAR has, and you know, with the fans and the, the ratings going down and tearing down grandstands and covering covering them up with advertising. I've got the figures right here, and without this. I can go through them one at a time. But there's been since last since um, since last year, 2017, actually. They have reduced over those tracks I just mentioned seventy eight thousand seats. Mm, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, some specifics at Darlington, they uh, went from fifty eight thousand seats to forty seven thousand, and that's an eleven thousand seat reduction right here at our our home track. Um, makes it easier to look full when you cut the tr- cut the cut the seats down. But, it really does. Um, the biggest one is Kansas. You know, which they fought and clawed and screamed and hollered until they got a track. And I said, oh, well, you know, there's nothing to do in Kansas. We'll pack that place every time. They went from 64,000 seats to 48,000. That's a reduction of 16,000 seats. Wow. So, I mean, that's uh, that's some pretty that's, serious stuff there. They're going, yeah, you want that to go forward. Michigan went from 71,000 to 56,000. And, you know, Michigan's in the hub up there where all the manufacturers are. Yep. Or, or they're, you think of them all being there, uh, you know, the corporate offices for General Motors and, and Ford and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and Michigan lost the second most, 15,000 seats. So I think the point is that, uh, and, and it hasn't just been the International Speedway Corporation tracks either. You know, Bruton Smith. That Charlotte had that huge grandstand sitting off the second turn. Well, it's a it's a grassy bank now, and I don't know how many seats that grandstand held, but that had to be ten or fifteen thousand seats in just one swipe right there. Well, do you think it's something that NASCAR is doing wrong, or is it just a sign of the times? Well, I, it, it's what we talk about all the time. You know, there's, the ratings are down. There's no denying it. I didn't want to. Bum out Mike, we're talking about it because, you know, he's so gracious to come on and we want him to come back. And so I don't want to bring up a bunch of, uh, but I will. I'm not avoiding the question. I'm just not going to mention it every time. I think we did mention it last time. Um, and we also brought up gambling and what would you do if somebody got killed in the race? Because he was so famous for doing the Earnhardt announcement. So, right. uh, um, you know, I try to, I try not to hit him with too many downers, but, you know, it's, it's a big problem. And, I think you could say that all of these changes about uh, making the cars more competitive and, and racing side by side, that has, I mean, what else would it be but to bring in more fans? No doubt about it. And, uh, Perry, one of the things is uh, I was, I knew the Sawyers real well that uh, uh, Paul, Bill, and Wayne, the two sons, and, you know, they, 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 they turned Richmond into a, a nice little miniatures of speedway richmond went from fifty nine thousand to fifty one thousand they lost eight thousand seats but the thing is it costs uh to put extra stands. used to be the problem of building stands they'd save their money up so they could put more stands in so that some of these stands are tear- they're tearing down they got a lot of money in them because they got different type 
codes they got to go through to keep people falling down and everything. And 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 the the, the kicker was back in the seventies and eighties was to see how many seats you could put in a place because you could fill them. They were filling. Yeah. That's exactly right. And uh, but you you you, you look at Dover. I mean, they have those huge double-deck grandstands, you know, almost all the way around the track from the third turn all the way through the fourth turn and then the same in the first and second turns. And most of those seats in the upper deck of the uh, around the third and fourth turns are advertisements. You know, they got yeah. big advertisements, uh, you know, covering the seats up. So, you know, that's uh, that's pretty significant. Well, they they're seem to be depending more and more on TV money. And when you're getting that TV money, it's it's not always makes you hungry enough to go after the the uh, seats in the in the stands money. Yeah. Well, you know, they also um, now I don't know if this is a fact, so I'm sort of talking through the top of my hat, which I left at home today. But you know, a lot of times if you reduce seats, you just raise the ticket prices on the ones you've got. So I don't know if that's happening or not. But uh, from what I hear, they come they come out with more family packages, and and try to be you know have non drinking sections and stuff like that, and to try to make it more uh, um, amenable to to families. Get the kids in there, get hook them at an early age, and you know. Well, if don't know if it's working or not. If you watched any of the build up to the Super Bowl, you saw that the uh, stadium in Atlanta has rolled back all of their concession prices to make them more family-friendly and individual fan-friendly. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting discussion, but we're going to talk about it later. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. We'll be back. We are Fox Sports. Spartanburg's radio home for University of South Carolina basketball is Fox Sports 1400 WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Fox Sports trending now. This report presented by True Car. You need to make good choices, and with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So, when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash Offer not available in all areas. In the NBA Friday night, Anthony Davis returned to action for the first time since his trade request to a chorus of boos by New Orleans fans and scored 32 points in the Pelicans' victory over the Timberwolves. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 29 points, 17 rebounds, and 5 assists as the Bucks improved their NBA best record to 41-13 with a victory over the Mavericks. J.J. Reddick scored 32 and hit 6 three-pointers as the Sixers improved to 35-20 and 20 with a win over Denver. The Warriors now 39-15 and 15 after a hard-fought 117-107 to 107 victory at Phoenix. Who are you? I'm Isaac Lowen Cron. We are Fox All right, everybody freeze. This. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the Memories. 
Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at ten. Well, we're not going to play that because that <laughs> says we're leaving, and we're not. No, that was uh, this two-hour format is going to take us a couple of weeks to get ready. Well, I hope just one, but uh, we uh, actually uh, are on um, a week before the real action gets started at Daytona. Yeah. So we'll just make this a practice run on the air. How's that? Works for me. And we've had a had a good show so far. We're not going to let that screw it it's up. It's been fun so far. Yeah, it has been fun. Uh, Mike Hilton talks freely to us. Yeah. And, and thanks that, us for inviting him on. And and doesn't hold back and doesn't just spout party lines. No. He, he, he tells us what he thinks. And he, he always talks about... At the end, or or something, uh, how much he appreciates Spartanburg, yeah, and what Spartanburg's meant to the sport, and that that's that means a lot to us. And then we had Nelson on, who is just, I, I tell everybody every week, he's the smartest man I know. That's right. And here's another smart guy that we've got to tell us about what's happening around here locally. Yeah. We've got Alan Hill joining us. Good morning, Alan. Thank y'all for having me here this year. Well, we're nice. going to have you this year. Is good. Yeah, you're 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 a regular part of the show, and uh, we will. Uh, count on you to tell us what's going on uh, locally and uh, i was actually gonna get to this in a few minutes so let me just i want to touch on a few things here well he's got a whole handful of notes here that's great he's prepared but what i, I just wanted to uh, go over here is 
since we are getting started, the um, the clash at Daytona is today. I'm sorry, tomorrow at three o'clock, and that is going to be on FS1. And the uh, um, first qualifying race will be well. Actually, today's the ARCA race, and I believe Nelson just told us that's at five o'clock. It might be four o'clock. I need to check on that, but it is the first real action, and it's usually a very exciting race that ARCA 200 and. The uh, on February the fourteenth, which is Valentine's Day, after you take your sweetie out and uh, buy her the chocolate and lunch and whatever else you do with your sweetie, uh, at seven o'clock and nine o'clock are the the Daytona duels, the the twin qualifying races that are also on FS1. And uh, I won't go through the whole schedule, but we will top it all off on Sunday, February the seventeenth, with the Daytona five hundred on Fox, and. Um, it's showing here 2.30, so that's kind of a late start time, but they got lights, and um, I guess that gives the network more flexibility to have a nice, early, long pre-race show. As far as the Xfinity cars go, they will start their season um, next Saturday. That's on February the 16th at 2.30, and that will be on FS1, and I'm going to keep these schedules, and we will uh, talk about these every week. Now, the trucks... They're going to start on Friday, February the 15th, which is this coming Friday. And that's a 7.30 night race. And it's usually, man, with the with the way they bang them up and the sparks flying and everything. And uh, actually, probably, the, in my opinion, the best drafting vehicles they have down there are the trucks because they're so boxy and they, you know, they cut such a big hole through the air. There's a lot of drafting and a lot of excitement in those races. Now, as far as the Indy boys go... And girls, we've still got a while to go with them. They won't get started until the Firestone Grand Prix in St. Petersburg, and that's on March the 10th. So we've got a good uh, month before they get started. And that will be um, a 1 o'clock start on NBC. NBC has carried most of the um, IndyCar races and or one of their, like, NBCSN or something. Right. Excuse me. I had to cough there for a second. And then, and then the season really gets rolling with March 24th um, at Austin, Texas in the Circuit of America. Then they go to Alabama in April and Long Beach in April. So uh, the Indy cars will get started. And then the Formula One, uh, they will start March the 17th, a week after Indy, with the uh, Australian Grand Prix. And they have a, about 20 races. They have a huge schedule that you wouldn't think would be so big when you have to go to a different country every week or every two weeks. But, uh, but of course, when you stop and think about it, when you go to the different course, different countries in Europe, it's not a whole lot different than going from uh, South Carolina to California. Well, yes and no. Listen to this. March 17th is the Australian Grand Prix in Melbourne. Okay. Two weeks later, March 31st, is the Bahrain Grand Prix in Sakur. Two weeks after that, April 14th, is the Chinese Grand Prix in Shanghai. So this isn't exactly going from uh, Atlanta to uh, Martinsville. And then uh, uh, April 28th is the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. And I'm going to have to look that one up. I think that's uh, in the Balkans somewhere. I think it is. And, uh, and then May 12th, uh, the Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona. And then you do have probably their shortest hop to Monaco on uh, Memorial Day weekend. So 
I mean, that's a, well, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty good, extensive but... amount of traveling there. Yeah. More than I generally do. <laughs> it's not like going from Cherokee Speedway to Harris. Speedway. No, it's not. It's about 15 miles up the road. That's correct. So, uh, But while you're here um, and, you, and you bring that up, I, that's all I wanted to talk about with the schedule coming up. Um, the... Uh, well, okay, I'm getting the three sec- three minute signal here. Let me do one more thing, and then we'll just jump in with you when we get back from this. I want to touch on the twenty four hours of uh, Daytona, which is the only real race we've had so far. Uh, of course, it ended ten minutes early because of a torrential hour and fifty minutes race. Twenty three hours and fifty minutes. Um, the first two finishers were Cadillacs, and who the punk that? They uh, some good looking cars too. The Daytona uh, prototype. They call it the DPI, Daytona Prototype International, is the the main high top rung of the IMSA sports cars. And um, the names you might be familiar with there were Jordan Taylor and Fernando Alonso. They had two other drivers that it's really going to be a challenge to pronounce their name. So the, uh, they actually have a, a Cadillac sports car now. They finished first and second at Daytona, yes. That's pretty impressive. My brother works for Action Motorsports. They had the 31 wheeling car there. When they dropped the green flag to go back to racing because of the rain delay, that car slid off down there in the first turn, and the Taylor boys went by them on the inside, and then they throwed the caution back out and called the race. And I texted my brother, and I said, you just got robbed. Well, <laughs> really? you know what? And you're in a 24-hour race and stop it. 10 minutes short, you know, it seems like they could have, you know, gone ahead and, and finished the thing, but I'm looking at it, and he's absolutely right. Then the drivers, um, uh, Felipe Nasser, Eric Curran, and Pipo Durrani, is that the way you pronounce That's that? That's correct. Um, and I've got some other uh, finishers here that we can get into uh, a little bit later. I tell you what, I got a cough in my throat right now that's aggravating the heck out of me, so let me take a break. Take, take a swig of this uh, Powerade, and we'll be back with Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. We're back. We're having some technical difficulties here. Let me finish with this 24 hours a little bit because uh, I did want to touch on some more things. The uh, I wanted to mention that the third uh, place team um, was Penske's first team with uh, Ricky Taylor and Helio Castroneves uh, aboard. Now these and, and Alexander Rossi. This was a three man team. A lot of these cars have four, but um, that's that was Penske's. Now the first. The sixth place finisher was the first in his class of the Le Mans, Le Mans prototypes, and that was um, the driver of note there that maybe you've heard of would be Sebastian Saavedra, and they actually finished sixth. On down the line was the car that actually, I didn't know you had a brother involved in it, Alan, or I would have been pulling for, for that one, but with my wife being Colombian, our, our house drivers, Pablo uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, and uh, they finished eighth. With the with the other Penske car with Simon Pagano driving, along with uh, Dane Cameron and uh, Montoya. Then in the, G, the GT Le Mans, that was the the next uh, class, uh, actually finished tenth. 
but that was a BMW. And uh, none of these drivers uh, are particularly notable. That I mean, they're very good drivers. I don't think our fans around here would know them, but Colton Herta um, was the lead driver there. I will notice that uh, finishing 13th on down the line was uh, Chip, Ganassi, Chip Ganassi's top finisher with uh, Ryan Briscoe and Scott Dixon. <coughs> Excuse me. Still having a little trouble here. Uh, 17th was the... Uh, GT Daytona um, winner in that particular class. So you've got like four different classes running here, and some and that that was a Lamborghini, which actually finished seventeenth overall, but winner in its class. The uh, so many other drivers uh, of note. Nineteenth uh, place finisher. Now this is also a four man team, but Townsend Bell was the lead driver on that team. Finishing 21st in the, day, the GT Daytona um, classification was A.J. Allmendinger. With, uh, and he actually ran up front most of the time. I think he had some late problems. Might have been even involved in a... I tell you, that last half hour or so, they were tearing some cars up. It looked like a bad day at Cherokee Speedway or something. Uh, finishing 27th in the GT Daytona was Andy Lally, who's had some NASCAR experience and a lot of road course experience, of course. Uh, finishing 28th in the GT Le Mans was Sebastian Bourdais and another Chip Ganassi's Fords. And then there was a highly publicized all-female team driving a Ferrari, um, in the, in the GT Daytona class, uh, I'm sorry, driving an Acura uh, for Mike Curb and uh, uh, J.C. Agajanian's son. And they finished 33rd, and that was Catherine Leggy, Simona Del De Silvestro, Anna That's Beatrice. for you to say. Yes, it's tough. And Christina Nelson and uh, Nielsen. And they were, uh, <coughs> excuse me, they were highly regarded and publicized, but uh, they had a pretty rough go. Yep. They, uh... I'm brother, sorry, I have to get this clear. Okay. Go All ahead right. and talk a minute. All right. My brother, he, uh, he's been working for Action Motorsports, which is 24 Hours Daytona. They got two race cars there. They have the, uh, five car, the Mustang sampling car. They have the 31 wheeling car. They won the championship there last year for the 24-hour Rolex, and I think they also got the endurance championship. But... I'm uh, mostly going to be talking about our local dirt tracks here. Well, go ahead. All right. Our local dirt tracks here, which is Cherokee Speedway, Gaffney. We got a Harris Motor Speedway, which is in Harris, North Carolina. And we got Traveler's, Motor, Traveler's Rest Motor Speedway. Uh, Cherokee Speedway, their first practice session is going to be next Sunday, the 17th, the same day as Daytona. Well, let me ask you this. Getting into the, the dirt tracks, have any of them done any improving in the off-season off, off yeah. that we could talk about? Yes. The, especially Cherokee Motor Speedway, I've seen they had about 50 loads of red clay stacked up beside the racetrack at the end of the last race. Uh, he had two or three brand new pieces of equipment there. To really, He's been working on that racetrack ever since he's took over. Well, a lot of people that don't go to to dirt tracks uh, at least occasionally don't really understand during the course of a season how much dirt really gets moved around well our dirt cars we don't have windshields yeah. all we've got is three bars 
And don't get me wrong, if my car gets to start out front, he only puts about four tire offs on his helmet. But if he's going to start the rear of the field, he has about 12 because dirt comes back. And it, it don't just move up. It moves out of the track completely. <laughs> it, mo- it moves out. People are sitting in the grandstand. You have to hand it to them for sitting up there and going through the dust and stuff. They got to be diehard fans to be sitting up there. Well, do you know if any of the tracks have done anything differently instead of just add dirt? Uh, Cherokee Speedway, they kind of reconfigured the first turn about the middle of the year last year to try to make it more like third and fourth turn. They kind of, with this technology we got nowadays, they're trying to make these tracks to where Gaffney, the first and second turn, was a little bit tighter than three and four. It was a little bit harder for the cars to get through both turns. So now they've kind of stepped it up, especially whenever they bring the super late models in. Well, now, I know just in, in the earth-moving business, a lot of improvements have taken place over the last 10, 15 years in moving dirt. How has that translated to the dirt tracks, if, if it has? Well, dirt tracks, like I said, dirt. Does it? Do they mostly eyeball it, or do they, they use the lasers? Or? They, they're using lasers. They're using all this technology nowadays. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're making these tracks now to where Gaffney Speedway now, you can run from the bottom of the racetrack to the top of the racetrack. That's pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of times it used to be one kind of one-grooved, but now they, they get now to where they've got the equipment to iron the racetrack out making some good racing they still run around with water trucks and stuff yes sir we got we got sophisticated water trucks now well what, what is a sophisticated water truck because they look pretty primitive when i used to go to the spartanburg fairgrounds well we got some that'll spray water up to the top of the racetrack and let it drain down especially when you've got a high bank racetrack mm-hmm. because a water truck cannot stay up or on top of that racetrack so uh now tell us uh, who who uh, who drive? Who drives your car? My son-in-law drives this. Okay, car. Danny Tesnier. Matter of fact, they down at Lake Greenwood. They bought them a place down at Lake Greenwood right now. They down there clearing off property. Well, okay. And uh, I told them, I said, just as soon as I get done with the station, I'll come on down and help y'all a little bit. Well, that sounds good. Now, um, say something about your sponsors. Who sponsors your car? Well, sure. I got Danny. I mean, Bobby White Body Shop. He's been with us for about the last. 10 or 12 years, real good fella, lives down in Roebuck, South Carolina. I've, uh, Davis Diesel Service, he come on last year, helped us out a lot. And don't get me wrong, if it wasn't for sponsors, our cars, I doubt if you'd have half the cars out there that we have. Now, how many races did y'all win last year at Cherokee? We won 10 out of 17 last year. Won a championship again. That makes three years in a row. Okay. So, but I don't know if we, uh, my daughter says this year we might not get to race every race this year. We're going we gonna to have to take a little time off sometime. Well, I know that's going to break a lot of hearts of the other drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's don't go there. Okay. Greg, you want to say something here? Swing that mic around for Greg. Yeah. Well, anyway, I tell you, uh, Alan has a lot of knowledge and they, they run real good. And uh, Alan's got cup experience with the, uh, the Pearsons when they were running and his, his brother was crew chief and uh, car chief, whatever, Junior Johnson for years. But the only thing I, I wanted to touch base on, and Alan uh, can vouch for it, dirt track, 
a, a well-kept dirt track like Gaffney and everything is far. It's cheaper to have it paved than it is to be dirt. But the dirt's a better show. But but people think that uh, somebody just uh, it won't spring for some asphalt or whatever is bad and mistaken because there's an art to getting that thing right with the calcium chloride and water trucks. But that's that's uh, Allen knows more about that than me. But uh, lots of times they just get so tired of uh, chasing it and spending money on the surface that they'll pave it and then ruin it. <laughs> Yep, Greg, you're exactly right. What we mostly say is dirt's for racing, asphalt's for getting there. <laughs> well, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a bunch of tracks that, uh, there's a bunch of dirt tracks that got ruined by uh, by asphalt. Um, one that comes to my mind immediately, I, I won't say it's happened every time. Uh, I always hate to see a dirt track bite the dust. Um of course, it pretty much put Langhorn out of business, but of course, Langhorn was in a suburban area of Philadelphia, and it probably wouldn't have lasted much long anyway. But of course, Greenville Pickens, I went to a lot of good dirt tracks, Greenville Pickens, which probably, uh, I don't, I can't say this for sure, but it probably um, added decades to the life of that racetrack, where maybe if they'd have done that here in Spartanburg, but you know, once again, it's in the middle of a residential section, and it probably wouldn't have. Well, done a bit of good. Well, you know when the, the NASCAR truck series goes to Eldora, they have a hard time selling that place out. Yeah, they do. <laughs> well, the thing about that is they the, you got Tony Stewart and you got a big television contract, they, and everybody wants wants to be on that they, they be on the track on, that night. They put on a show at Eldora. They sure do, and I think we've. Uh, Hopefully, I've got my throat cleared up, and, and hopefully, Ronnie's got the uh, commercials going to work. He's got his fingers crossed over here. Um, but, Alan, you, you are just a wealth of information, and I'm looking forward to getting your input on, on all of this every year or every week. And um, I want you to feel free, and I've told you this off the air, you know, to bring some guests on here, get them to call in. Um, and speaking of calling in, our number here is 864-468-1400. And, uh, just, I don't know, Roll Tide Terry doesn't mind calling in. Uh, he, he mistimed it a little bit, but, yeah, but uh, he, he, he's faithful to us. He's faithful to us. And he said he was glad we were back on the air. So we'll be glad to take phone calls from anybody. And I've got a cousin of mine that said he wanted to call up and ask some, uh, Gunsmoke trivia questions, and I said, "Well, <laughs> come on, Greg Moritz. About all he does is watch Gunsmoke. So, uh, um, when, especially he and Bud were John Wayne and Western Western experts. So, uh, you know, if you're out there, you want to call in, we'll put you on the air. We'll answer your questions, or you can tell us, you know, uh, interesting experience you had in infield in '68, or you know, whatever you want to talk about." Okay, we're coming up on a break in just a minute if, if the automation works right. Well, I'm going to let you take us to it so that you can... Uh... Well, I'm looking at the screen. Tyler's still working on it. They, they can remote control our, our computer. So, well, uh, what are they, Shugert, are they is, sabotaging is, us? Is that he, what it he's is? He's working hard on getting it done. It's supposed to <coughs> fire at 11.25, which just happened, and it didn't. So he's still working. Okay, well, we'll keep talking. We'll keep talking. And if we go away in mid-sentence, folks, we apologize, and it, it's all my fault well it's not your fault it's the fault of uh this radio station trusting us with an extra hour <laughs> <laughs> and we all we've been saying we wanted an extra hour to cram all this stuff in and uh 
uh, you know, we've uh, we got some uh, we got some fillers over there. We've got some uh, silent speedways uh, of America oh, and, yeah, and all sorts of things we could put in. You know, if we need to. But um, what else you got there, Alan? You got a whole list of stuff. Well, Is that I've, about to sum it up? Yeah, I've got a list of stuff here. We talking about uh, Cherokee Speedway. We can't forget about Traverse Rest Speedway. I talk about it. Their first practice session is going to be February the twenty third on a Saturday from one to five. They're going to have another practice session on March 9th on Saturday from 1 to 5. Then their first race will be March 16th. They'll be running uh, Pure Stock, Thunder Bomber, Extreme 4, a front-wheel drive, a Renegade Stock 8 combination, a Crate Sportsman class. They have another class in there for Thunder Bomber. They call it Thunder Bomber Futures. That is... uh. Guys that run Thunder Bomber Division that have not won a race, you can fall back to this division, and you can run that race. But then you, you got they kick you out after you win one. After you win, you got to move up to the regular Thunder Bomber class. Well, pretty soon uh, that class will be extinct. Well, you got to have a, a <laughs> you got to have a steady group coming in. <laughs> you do, or you're gonna the last guy's gonna run a couple of laps by himself, and then the, the that class is gone. Yes, sir. And then also we have Harris Speedway. There's one that was dirt when I was a kid, and they paved it. They paved it. Now they brought it back to dirt. They sure did. And they sure did. I used to go up there on Sunday afternoon and watch that asphalt racetrack. Preston Humphreys. Yes, sir. All those Don Bumgarner. Lonnie Perkle and yep. stuff like that. I remember those guys. Yep. We used to, their first race, they're, well, they're going to have a practice session March 16th. Their first race is going to be the 23rd on Saturday. They are also bringing back limited sportsmen to that racetrack. They have they have cut limited sportsmen out up there last year, and I think, you know, limited sportsmen is a good, you know, when you got a limited sportsman car, the limited sportsman division is a good division to me. Well, it seems to be an awful popular division, too. Well... When you go to when you go to Harris Speedway up there, you got some pretty good guys up there that knows how to get around that racetrack. And I know y'all have heard of this fellow. His name's Wally Fowler. <laughs> Has he ever won a race? <laughs> <laughs> when you go to Harris Speedway, you're gonna have to outrun Wally Fowler. I know. I went to Harris. The only time I went lately, I was privileged to be invited to go up there was Lance Smith when he ran one one night up there one late summer day and. Uh, I mean, you'd have thought it was the Kike for Chrysler's over there with those white. Uh, he had like, uh, it, I know he had two. It might have been three over there, but I mean, and they, I don't think anybody passed him all night. Yes, sir. It was like the Wally Fowler benefit race. Well, that's, uh, when you get dialed into a racetrack, it's kind of hard to beat that fellow if you don't race up there with him every week. Well, that's when all the other racers are praying for something happening on the farm. Yeah, the, go pick Wally the peaches or something. <laughs> While he has to go back to the farm, somebody else can win. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's the way it is. But there's, but to beat the man, you got you know you got to be the man to beat the man. Yeah. Now, do y'all ever go head to head with him? Yes, sir. We've went head to head with him. Him and Danny, they don't kind of get along too good. No, no, sir. I mean, but he's not a regular at Cherokee, is he? No, sir. But like we're not a regular at Harris. But every once in a while you venture into each other's every so water. Often, every so often we get on the same <laughs> racetrack. And it's, it's I, you know, I kind of draw up because some, sometimes I might not have a race car. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that sounds like it would be something to see. And, and uh, 
Well, sometimes, Wally, he's at Traver's Rest. We go to Traver's Rest and put it this way. We pulled up to the to the pay stand, and the guy that runs the pay booth, he looks up there and he sees Danny, and he says, we're going to have a limited sportsman race tonight. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you ever call over there and see where he's going, and then so you make sure you don't go, or no, vice versa? Or, no, sir. Or make sure it is where you go? No, sir. We don't do that. I tell you what. I, when you I, do you. We do us. We go there. We we run whoever's there. When I did that, uh, the book on independence, I did a chapter on Joe Frisson. And when he was out in the Midwest, you know, he's from Minnesota originally, and he would... Uh, he said he was always calling up Rusty Wallace to see where Rusty was going to go. One of them would go to Odessa, Missouri, and the other one would go someplace else. And um, and then one time, uh, the the promoter at Odessa invited Joe to come on over there, and he'd already told uh, Rusty Wallace he wasn't going to be there. And they got there, and it was they had a they tangled, and I think uh, there was hard feelings there for a decade or so. <laughs> Well, the Rusty said, I thought you said you weren't coming to Odessa. And he said, well, I couldn't turn down the money. And they said, well, what'd they pay you for to wreck me? Because that's what happened. And, uh, but that was, um, yeah, those those type of rivalries when you've got two big names that sort of run in different circles that sometimes overlap, that, that's got to be exciting. Yes, sir, it is. But let me <laughs> tell you what's really exciting. We had our banquet this year. Okay. And whenever they called up for the young guns, the banquet. These boys walking up to the banquet to get their trophies and stuff, what we call young guns. These boys are not but 12, 13 years old. There's some of them. I'm usually working on my race car when they're racing. And sometimes you can look at them as they're going down the front straightaway. And all you see is just the barely part of the top of their helmet. Mm-hmm. But to see them walking up there getting their trophies at the banquet, they look like they're six foot tall. <laughs> And they're just as proud as can be. Well, they probably feel at least six foot tall. And I'd like to get some of them on this show, you know. Well, that's what, that's, that's your job. Because <laughs> that, that's going to be the future of our sport right yeah. there. These young gun boys are coming up. Some of the, some of our fans, you know, that sit in the stands, they say, well, they might wreck a little bit. They might do this. They might be a little slow. But guess what? When you're 12 years old and you're out there trying to race, I ain't going to say it's about like me sitting right here this morning on the first time here. Well, we're all learning this morning, it appears. Uh, but no, you're, you're doing great. And let me just tell you, uh, and I've said this to you off the air, you bring on who you want to have on. I mean, uh, you're, you got 20 minutes and more if you need it. Uh, thank you all very much. What I, what I was going to comment on, uh, they like Alan said, they are... Uh, and we've had some young drivers over the years come in. I think yeah. that's a great idea. Uh, it's amazing how fast some of these young. But uh, talking about does uh, mere children running uh, running around the racetrack, NASCAR occasionally has veterans and people supposed to know better, and they run like children too. And uh, but they ain't children. But yeah, that's the future of the whole thing to bring bring along drivers at, at a young age. It's the way that in Jeff Gordon, it, it, it's it's a good way of doing it. Well, you know, there's a. Luckily, there there doesn't seem to be a shortage of young drivers right now, especially uh, the ones you see coming up through the trucks and Xfinity series, and 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 it seems like before you know it, they're in Cup. Like uh, Steve and Jerry here from the world famous Beacon Drive-in in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 uh, menu selections of burgers, barbecue. I think we're back. 
Tyler's desperately working on getting the automation. Yeah. Well, we are the Beacon Drive-In Studio, and I yeah. heard something about a chili cheese in there or something there. Yeah. Got to mention. Got to mention. Uh, Greg, talk into a microphone. <laughs> we got to mention Trent Lancaster. If you want to invest your money, and I know he, he re-upped for the program. So we oh, yeah. You know, him and, and there's a lot of people that, that participates in this, but Trent, he, he's been doing Hi, this is Cole Bryson from the Saturday Sports he won't Report. Lose I am here and excited money. to announce the Saturday Sports Report has been extended. One hour, you can now right listen now to the Saturday. We're going to have a break. And we'll, I guess we just keep talking, guys. Yeah. Um, we're having a, a potpourri of uh, live radio fun. <laughs> well, first show. We also got our local drivers, which are in super late model. We got Chris Madden, who has got him a new ride this year. He has left the Barry Wright house car. And I heard that Dennis Rambo Franklin's going to be moving over to that ride for Barry Wright. Also, we got in super late models, we got Trent Ivey, who was running crate late models last year. He's going to be move. He's going to be moving up to some super late model racing this year. Also, we got Zach Mitchell. Zach Mitchell got him a new motor from Clements last year at the end of the season, and uh, he was coming out winning pretty good there with that new motor. We also got Ross Bales. He's pretty much of a local race car driver. That's in the super late models. We also got uh, our different local, you know, car builders, which are Barry Wright. He's, he in, he's in Cowpens. Yep, he's in Cowpens. Oh, Barry, he's... Uh, I talked to him the other day. He said he's going to sit out uh, Speed Weeks this year at Florida. You know, they, they started out pretty much at East Bay, I think, in Tampa mm-hmm. last night. My brother was sending me pictures of it last night. Barry, Barry said he's going to sit out this week. The Speed Weeks down at Daytona is at Volusa, race every night, stuff like that. He, uh... I ain't going to say he's getting some age on him, kind of like me. I just turned 62 this week, boys. No, you're a youngster. You, you're still a baby in this room. <laughs> oh, okay. But guess what? I like it at 62 because I might start getting me a check. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Greg, you're 60. You're getting fixing to be 62, right? Yeah. Yeah. we got a combined age here of what, about 400. <laughs> well, you know. Barry, Not quite that bad. Barry, he was inducted to the National Dirt Racing Hall of Fame in 19, I mean, 2002 in the second class. So, you know, to be building dirt cars, he built one of my daddy's dirt cars in 1976, one of the first dirt cars. So, a man that's been building race cars that long, he's doing something right. Now, how is um, the, your brother involved with uh, IMSA, with the... Uh, a class of racing that is so different from what you do, and from—is he from around here as well? And he just got got off on a, a different path. Well, well, my brother, whenever he graduated high school, he went to NASCAR racing. And Greg, I probably remember this fellow. His name was Cecil Gordon. Cecil Flash Gordon. I remember up Horseshoe, Horse, North Horse, Carolina. Horseshoe, North Carolina. I remember Cecil. My brother moved up there with Cecil. Uh, my daddy decided he wanted to build another dirt car. So he called Mike, got him back home. We built this dirt car in 19, about 77, uh, race dirt racing. And then my brother, he kind of moved on and went up to Junior Johnson's. 
stayed with Junior for about 23 years till Junior decided to get out of it. He moved over to, I think it was uh, uh, the auctioneer, I mean, not auctioneer, but the Statesville Auto Auction man that had the Kodiak car, I think it was. Was his name Hedrick? I think he was. Bill Hedrick, something like that? Uh, about the, uh, 41 car. Yeah. yeah that was, uh, Larry Pearson drove it, I think, a little bit. Uh, him and Steve Grissom. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, Greg, talk in the microphone if you're going to talk. <laughs> but but go then, ahead. But then he went over to Ray Everham, and once he left Ray Everham, he went to Action Motorsports down there. Okay. And he's been with them probably 10 or 12 years now. All right. But, uh, he kind of enjoys that racing. They, they don't race half as many times as NASCAR does. Well, that can be a good thing. Yep. He's uh, He said they race probably, what, 16 times a year now, whereas NASCAR's got where they got, what, 36 races on a schedule? Yeah. He just uh, kind of, this. I think last year, maybe this year, is the first year that he's staying at home. He used to have to go to that racetrack. This year, he's probably much sitting at the house. Now, they've got a big sponsor this year, I mean, as far as the whole series. Uh, WeatherTech, isn't it? The WeatherTech IMSA series. It's WeatherTech, but their main two sponsors, I think, is uh, Mustang Sampling and uh, Wheeling. On that particular car? On that particular car. they got two cars. They've got the five car and they've got the 31 car. Right. I asked him one day, I said, what does Wheeling, everybody asked me, what's Wheeling? Well, well, I see them on the uh, um, the caution lights, right? That's exactly right. They make all the caution lights. They make all police the cars. police cars lights and stuff like that. I've been seeing that name, and I wonder what that was. So you'd see it at all the racetracks. Well, it's what you don't want to see in your rearview mirror. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. That's sir. what they do. That's cool. Well, you usually see that wheeling sign. The only reason I knew this was because they have that sign, if I'm not mistaken, on the caution lights flashing to show if the pit's open. You know, because it's got that that real elaborate, you know, multi-level thing flashing on and off, and, and amber, and uh, I think it says wheeling on there. But yeah, they, they don't they also do the uh, wheeling modified series. Wheeling modifieds, I love them modified. Yeah, cars. yeah. Everybody talks to us about our breathers being stuck up through the hood and stuff like that, about trying to keep the wind from going into our breather. But I, I said, what about these modified cars out there? I see at Martinsville and stuff. Yeah, that, that's some good racing. They were running those cars at Daytona for a while uh, uh, on the road course, and I think um, I, I think they had some really great races. I don't know why they did away with that because the modifieds at Daytona um, just sounds exciting. Yes, sir. I, I, that might have been about the time they put the chicane in the backstretch because they were going so fast. And, and I think Greg knows who works with my brother or who's in the office with my brother. His name's Gary Nelson. You know, Gary? Yeah, yeah. We know, we know Squeaky. 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 Yeah, that's what, that's what Bud named him. But anyway, now Gary, he he was a fantastic competitor. You know, he worked started out at Diegard or somewhere like that. And he, is he the one that had the the the, the, the the release on the bumper for Bobby Allison that year when he won Daytona? Well, we don't know if it got released or or whatever. Rumor <laughs> rumor has it. But he, he was pretty good. He was good to, to be the head inspector over the garage area because he had done done it all. And uh, But I no, I had heard that he had 
that uh, I guess Jim France hired him uh, to oversee the the deal with the IMSA because NASCAR don't bought IMSA. But uh, yeah, Gary Gary he was pretty creative. <laughs> well, that's interesting the way your brothers uh, and your careers have uh, taken different paths, but but very successful paths. And uh, you're uh, you're both still winners. Well. My daddy got us into racing. I think he got us into racing just to keep us out of trouble whenever we were 16, 17, 18 years old. Greg, I tell you, back in, we had fast cars on the street, and daddy always said, son, if you want to be fast, I'll build you a car. It's got row bars. But, I mean, that's, uh, if it wasn't for my daddy, I don't think me and my brother would even thought about a race car. But ever since we built that first white and gold 27 I told somebody I said we can put a you can put a number on a cart sitting out in Ingalls parking lot and I'll, I'll start liking that car <laughs> <laughs> well I hope our listeners um, will forgive us for some of the glitches we have had today we will we'll get past that and we'll we'll get this thing smoothed out but I think you're also going to see that uh, Alan Hill is going to be such an asset to this show, and he knows what he's talking about, and he knows what he's talking about in the past and in the in the present. And I think he and uh, Greg complement each other very well because Greg uh, Greg starts talking to me about when we went and got our Mustangs last week, or when I went, we went and got mine. He's telling me about this engine, and I said, Greg. I mean, you might as well be talking Chinese. Don't just don't waste your. It's interesting stuff, but I don't know what you're talking about. So Greg, Greg gets in there to the sales manager Jackie Jones talking about bores and strokes and all this stuff. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that stuff. So I'm glad we got people on this show that can uh, address anything you want to know about auto racing and locally and internationally. So. Uh, between uh, Greg and Alan, and I know a little bit of history, and uh, and, a lot and, of history. and Ronnie, and uh, of course Nelson Crozier, the smartest man in the world. I, we about got it covered, and if we get these commercials firing and not firing and stuff like that, we'll be in good shape. Who we got, next week? Um, who we got on the show next week? Uh, well, Pat, Pat, Pat Denario. He's gonna. He's one of the guests we're working on. Another one. He's up. Uh, He's overall all of Ford's racing activities. So he's obviously going to be wanting to, you know, talk about the new Mustang and, and stuff like that. But uh, he's he's one of the guests that we've got secured. But we're looking at possibly getting a driver. Yeah, we'd like somebody that won Daytona. Greg, we got to take a break. And when we come back from break, I want you to tell us about when y'all won the Clash, which is tomorrow, and back in... Uh, 1992. We're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Start Your Engines. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information, but what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. 
Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plant thai. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I plant thai. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. So by now you probably know that Steak Horse Restaurant and Billiards on East Main Street serves delicious burgers and steaks and has the best pool tables in town. What you may not know is that Steak Horse has recently extended their hours. That's right, Steak Horse is now open 24 hours a day and is even serving breakfast. So now you can enjoy pool tables, dartboards, cornhole, and classic arcade games anytime, day or night. Steak Horse Restaurant and Billiards, 2600 East Main Street in Spartanburg. Now open 24 hours. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For eight years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield, another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Hey, it's Ben Maller. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. All it takes is 15 minutes to find out if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And GEICO offers coverage for more than just car insurance. Got a motorcycle? GEICO's got you covered. Got an RV? Covered. Got a boat? Covered. And there's so much more Geico could help with. Plus, don't forget the discounts. So listen up. Go to Geico.com today. See how much you could save. That's Geico.com. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. A little Dave Clark 5 action there. You are 
going back into the archives a little there. I thought that's who that was. That is. Welcome back to Start Your Engines. It's our last segment and hopefully our one of our smoothest segments lately. <laughs> but we'll get this straightened out. I want to take part of this next uh, nine, eight or nine minutes or so. Greg Moore, of course, being the team manager for Bud Moore for years and years, 25 or 30 years. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember going out in the backyard and screaming at the top of my lungs when, when I lived in Miami and watched uh, Jeff Bodine win the Bush Clash in 1992. And that gorgeous blood red maroon Ford Thunderbird number 15 motorcraft. And uh, that was one of the real proud moments in my life because uh, it was the only only thing going you know everybody's starving for racing after a long cold winter and y'all started out by winning and as a matter of fact during christmas i went down and sat in the car and it ended up winning the bush clash and greg said i want you to come down and sit in all the cars that's it that's it fair is exactly right <laughs> and but, i've got a picture of me sitting in that car in my office right now that's but right. you go ahead but when uh, you know the class originally started in uh 79 and uh there was only about five or six, seven cars was in it, but we didn't run the straight twenty laps. And uh, it was for the pole winners from the it year was before. For the pole winner, and we had the, the Thunderbird in there. And, and anyway, we did finish ahead of Pearson, but the, but those mobiles were awful quick. They kind of got lined up on us, but uh, we clocked Bobby and Pearson starting to try to gain back up on them toward the end, right at 200 even back then. That's back when the cars didn't could have run 185. But we were pretty much in it every year. And uh, like I say, we, we run second one time with Benny Parsons in it and we smoked everybody up real good and got fined real good with Earnhardt. But to get back with the, the 92 deal, uh, I think there was about a, a decent field of cars and uh, we knew Jeff was a very good Daytona driver. And he really did like the way the car handled and that sort of stuff. Uh, we had a bad habit sometimes of running the primary car in that race. But this time we just took our backup Daytona car, worked on it, rubbed on it a little bit more. And, rubbed on it. And uh, done whatever. And they started the race. <clears throat> I think we had drew sixth. And we just stayed around six, and then it, it, he started getting loose. We didn't, we, so he said, we're going to have to work on this thing. He said, it's just a little bit too loose. Well, anyway, he wound up, he didn't fall all the way back. He, he kind of fell behind to where he's the lead pack, and he's running probably about 10th or 12th or something like that. Well, they had a deal they, that, that year, and they'd been doing it. They'd have a fan, fan vote to whether they want to invert the field for the second half. Well, what that put us was like on the outside pole or something on the restart. I think you were up front with Mark Martin or somebody. Mark Martin and Rusty. Yeah. And so the race is half over and Jeff Jeff and Mark Martin blowed right by Rusty. And the old car handles so good uh he he didn't have any problem blocking them or, or he like I say he drove a heck of a race and that uh, so any win at Daytona especially 125 milers and stuff like that's a great win but uh, that particular format that they had at Daytona 
for the bush class really was it's kind of like seeing how long you can hold your breath for about 30 minutes and uh but it's such a good concept uh, i don't like them to jazz it up too much to make it confusing greg one thing i think i remember about that race uh the last lap if i'm not mistaken um, Jeff got out front, and Martin, and I, it must have been Rusty Wallace, whoever it was, got side by side. And then when that happened, that was it. I yep. mean, there wasn't any way they were going to run. And so I start my screaming and yelling, yep. you know, with a half a lap to go, because they weren't going to catch got, Jeff Bodine. When they started started down the back stretch, the guy knew they had to make a move. And, and Perry's exactly right. Uh, the four car and Mark Martin... I think Ernie Irvin might have been driving it. but Probably was, or, or and, Sterling Marlin. Or, or one of them, but they, they got side by side, and that side draft was just holding them back, and we were just, when I saw that, I know we was going to have to blow up or something bad happened. Well, on the, uh, another clash moment, while we've got a couple of seconds here, that we have to mention, and we bring this up every time we have uh, uh, Ricky Rudd on the, on the show, was the 1984 crash when... Uh, he sort of got tangled up there with uh, Jody Ridley, I believe, and um, stood that sleek-looking T-bird on its nose and uh, just tore it all to pieces in one of the most violent crashes that uh, ever. Of course, Greg, that was uh, when your daddy pulled out the, the duct tape. And he uh, taped uh, Ricky Rudd's eyeballs open because he couldn't see to run the 500. Yep. And... Uh don't get me wrong, Greg. Uh, your daddy gave me a watch. It's got the Bush Clash on it, and it's got that winner's thing. As far as that watch, Bush oh, Clash winner. Well, you, you, uh, they gave all the car owners the first one, and you got the watch. Yep. I got cool. a watch. We got I, a caller we want to get on there real quick. Uh, who we got on the line here? Uh, this is Ken in Spartanburg. Hey, Ken. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I, I was I dialed in a little bit here. Uh, always get here late, but the uh, my thing is, I think NASCAR is going to have to change the way they do business, um, or else it's a dying sport. I mean, I remember when there was a dirt track race, you know, at, 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 during the fair. Uh, oh yeah. Down. And the uh, so I, you know, I'm not like I'm not 20 years old. Okay, so my thing is that you're going to the, the sport is not attracting young viewers because it takes too long. It's boring in the sense that it's three hours of people going in circles. If you would invent, if, if they would be a little bit more, uh, uh, think out of the box a little bit and say, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to have this three race thing, and you're going to have one stop for gas for the first 100 miles. And what you do is that you then force the engine builders to build a, a, a fuel-efficient car. It used to be NASCAR touted itself as being a uh, an inventive place for the regular you know passenger car and they they got away from that for some reason but you would you would you would you would uh, force the engine builders to build a fuel efficient car that was also fast okay then you also with that you eliminate some drivers in other words they only finished they got 43 44 you take 10 away every time uh, from each race so at, at the end of the, the third race you got 20 drivers, and you're running a drag race. And people would respond to something like that. It would take less time. People would have something to look forward to. I personally, uh, you know, Daytona is one thing you want to keep. I mean, that's fine. 
but these other races that where it takes three hours, I literally watch the first 50 laps, and I go to sleep and wake up watching the last 50 laps. Yeah, but think about all the good sleep you're getting. Yeah, well, maybe so, but I'm saying that the sport is not attracting young viewers because of these That's why I'm well, Ken, I really, we're up against the end of the show here. I, that's some interesting uh, thoughts, and I appreciate you calling in, and please uh, keep listening, and, and call in earlier when we can uh, get some more of your thoughts and and uh, have it on there completely, uh, rather than having to cut you off, which I apologize for. We've, uh, thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Yes, we're, um, we're at the end of our first two-hour show. I can't say uh, we didn't have a couple of caution flags in the middle of it, but I think you can see that we're going to have a great show with uh, a little uh, tweaking here and there. Uh, everybody uh, welcomes Alan as a new member of our cast, and we're going to uh, really enjoy his input. Alan, thanks for coming by. We'll see you next week. Thank you all very much for having me. Greg, uh, we're uh, always thankful for your input, and... Um, I'll be hoping you get us a Daytona 500 winner. If you don't, you don't. Well, I'm I'm working on it. I believe I believe it's probably pretty possible. And Ronnie, he's turned his mic over to Greg, so he's not exactly going to be able to talk right now. But thank you so much for uh, listening to us. And uh, we're going to have a closing music. There it is. We had cue the band. <laughs> Uh, one last little slip up before we get off the air, but we are, uh, appreciate everybody listening. You're listening to Start Your Engines. And thank, thank you, Lanny. Yep, thank you, Lanny McKinney, for doing our website. And till we see you next week, keep it between the fences. See to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3. Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Wendy.